And welcome back, and we have Ann Morrison here. Ann, uh, you've got some very interesting updates. I looked at your list of uh, topics today, and uh, you have a clarification of the H7N9, the Tennessee. It's a different strain than the lethal one in China. Uh, you've got some more information on Zika virus, lots of new things on other topics. Let's get started, and perhaps uh, tomorrow we can do a video to go over a lot of these things with your nice pictures and, and uh, motion videos, etc. So start from the top. Okay, Dr. Deagle, we uh, certainly have a lot to cover. Let's start with uh, Zika because uh, they finally are starting to say that uh, birth defects are 20 times higher for women infected with Zika. Whoa. So that, we haven't heard that before. That is scary and, stuff. Now, this is from the World Health Organization. That's WHO. And... Uh, uh, it said the rate of severe birth defects for healthy mothers in 2013 and 14 was just three out of a thousand. But among the 442 women likely infected with Zika, about 60 out of a thousand had uh, birth defects, live birth, miscarriages, or abortions. And those wow. could be either planned or spontaneous. Right. So they're starting. Uh, they're starting to take a look of this catastrophe that will hit us in the face in May or June because the women who are pregnant and who have, uh, well, they still might be catching Zika. They may not have caught it yet, but if their partner has Zika and if they continue to have, have marital relations and uh, the mother is pregnant, it's likely that the baby will, will get Zika. So they're seeing that um, because it's nine, nine months between the time when a woman conceives and when she gives birth, um, it's, it's a delayed uh, epidemic that we're going to have to take, take, uh, take into account. And uh, what they say is that, uh, you know, when Zika was first found in the United States, Testing for the virus was difficult and time-consuming, and no region was undertaking preemptive surveillance. No region. Our country wasn't taking preemptive surveillance. The CDC just just did nothing. They sat on their hands, they twiddled their thumbs, and they still don't have a director. Well, the problem is they don't uh, not only have not a, no director, they didn't even start treating it as a sexually transmitted disease or even start properly tracking the people that even were infected as to after they came to the country where they would go, because if you have an infected person and they get bitten by an insect, they're, they're going to transfer this with a partial blood meal into the insect population and the vectors in that particular area of the country as well. Exactly. And uh, so we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens uh, as a result or a consequence of the 2016, that's last year's, epidemic. And if uh, babies are born with severe neurologic defects, uh, yeah, does, starting does that, ta around does that take into account and the, uh, the ones that you found looking at your research that suggests that the head circumference wasn't the best single measure because many of these babies got neurodegeneration that could occur months after and will continue to progress for their eyes and their brains, even though their initial head circumference looked pretty okay. But in fact, they did have progressive neurological deficits happening but it wouldn't necessarily be picked up until maybe a year or more into the child's infancy. 
Well, they they looked at live births, miscarriages, and abortions of women who had Zika or were likely infected with Zika. So they're, um, you know, if you have a miscarriage or an abortion, you may or may not know about the infant head size. Right. Um, but, but also, but, even if children uh, look like they're born normal, they may still be infected and get neurodegeneration. My guess is the statistic that's a 20 times is still a deficit that doesn't include these children that are going to have later disease that weren't picked up at birth. Well, I agree with you. I think that 20 times is probably... It's probably more than that. A minimum. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. probably 10 times that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's, it's pretty scary. And uh, to wait until May or June to, uh, de- you know... <laughs> To make to take that consideration into account, uh, you know that's just amoral. Uh, they should be doing something right now, and uh, they aren't. You know, there's there's no political will, and uh, uh, you know even the we have been asking uh, the public health officials to uh, look at any fetal remains that are the result of spontaneous abortion or planned abortion or stillbirth, you know, any, because Texas right now has, has a law, a health law that says that, um, uh, that they want to look at these things and, uh, and it's in the courts and the court says, no, you can't because there's no medical reason. There's no benefit to the medical community. We talked about this last week, I think, yeah, the yeah, week yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And uh, so, but there is now, because if we can detect it in uh, any fetal remains, regardless of the source, then right. uh, Including can, in the abortus, we're not seeing, even the abortion clinic should be testing the fetal remains for this virus, because it means the mother may still be infected even if she gets a second pregnancy. Well, that's right. And uh, so we have to worry about her. But in addition, if they're selling the fetal remains, like uh, PP, then uh, they may be selling Zika. Right. Oh, my. That's another thing, because I know a lot of people don't realize these fetal remains have three different avenues where they go. Number one, fetal remains go for cosmetics. They go, believe it or not, did you know that, uh, that there are flavoring materials made with Pepsicorp, Pepsi-Cola, that are actually made with fetal remains. Are you aware of that? No. Oh, yeah. So these fetal remains are actually making a, a, a flavoring that's in many of the Pepsi-Cola uh, type and other materials. It's actually used for a flavoring peptide. Human fetus? Really? Human fetus. Human fetus. Yes, indeed. Believe it or not. Well, that. Uh, that's a hard... It's disgusting. <laughs> I, I've got the references, though. This is a real fact. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I've talked about it in the past. And, and the third avenue is it goes off to what we call, uh, you know, call pedogate. In other words, it goes off to do what we call ceremonies. So people need to start grasping this. Well, yes. And uh, instead of... Uh, normally, medical waste is incinerated. Right. But... They need to test it before they incinerate it, because once you incinerate it, you won't be able to tell whether it's infected with Zika. Oh, that's a big deal. What's The next story is another biggie story, and I mentioned this last night when I was on the uh, uh, the Blog Talk radio show, which I referenced last evening, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I mentioned this, that we have a pandemic coming. And I believe, just like what I announced in 19, uh, the 2009 pandemic, this one is a coming at us like a freight train, and it's going to get really, really, really ugly. I don't think people understand just how bad this can become. Well, since it kills 40% of the people who are hospitalized with it, uh, we're talking about the uh, bird flu, the H7N9, which was found in a Tennessee um, poultry process, uh, poultry producer who supplied uh, chickens to Tyson Foods. Now, uh, what happened was that a bunch of the chickens died, and uh, so the producer uh, called in the, the uh, USDA, and they took samples, and they... Uh, this has been at least two weeks in the process, but they finally came out and said, yes, it's H7N9. Now, we know that H7N9 uh, is killing people in China, 40% of the people who are hospitalized right. with it. And the uh, remaining ones suffer uh, pneumonia. So even if, they're, even if they don't die, there are uh, large ramifications to... Uh, surviving pneumonia, and they might be in the hospital for a long time. Now, what they're saying, they say, not the China virus. Well, uh, if you you have H7N9, that means we have nine of the Ns. Right. And what they're saying is that uh, they don't, the ones that are found that were found in Tennessee, which and the farm was right on the border with Alabama, that they are uh, that they have different ends than uh, what the ones in China do. Right. So I'm trying to figure this out because the the virus has been identified as the North American wild bird lineage, and we call the North American. Um, AM for uh, Americas, That's, so it's AMH7N9, right. to, to uh, delineate it from the Eurasian, which is EAH7N9. Right. So they're saying that there's a difference. Well, okay, if, um, if, if you look at how the H7N9 virus and I skipped down about two articles. Um, in fact, I have an article here from China. Right. And this was in January of 2015, so this is 2017. Right. So two years ago. And uh, we have a very nice diagram here. Yeah, you show the, the diagram, TV. which we'll show in our video we do tomorrow. That shows yeah, but the I wanted... ontogeny of the virus is what you're saying, right? How, how it's yep. the genetics, in other words. So in China, they have a duck that, uh, let's say they have a duck, a domestic duck, one right. that doesn't migrate, and it's got the H7N3 virus. So uh -huh. it takes that N3 from the domestic duck, and the uh, wild birds have the H7N9. Right. And it takes one of the Ns from that. There's nine Ends, right. so one one ninth and one ninth in wild birds, and then the domestic poultry 
has uh, multiple H9N2 viruses, and it takes, so since there's only nine, nine minus two is seven. So it takes seven from the uh, domestic poultry. Right. And uh, then that's how it forms H7N9, and that's been shown to go from poultry into humans. We are not sure whether it goes human to human yet. All right, so what they're saying is... It's possible, uh, believe me, what they're saying doesn't make sense to me, but I'll just put that out as a disclaimer. Um, There are domestic ducks, uh, may or may not have the H7N3 virus. So it may take a different uh, N number uh, to go in and merge with the wild birds. We don't get wild birds here from China. But let's say there were a wild bird that had the H7N9 virus, which is very, very unlikely because the flyways go north and south. Right. Okay, so that would be another night. And then our domestic poultry uh, probably do have multiple H9N2 viruses, uh, and they might overlap with China. So you might have seven of those. So what they're seeing is that our domestic ducks... uh, well, you just can't make sense out of this because the wild birds are supposed to have the H7N9. We don't have wild birds with the H7N9 virus. Right. In other words, you, you can't make sense as to how this particular recombination occurred. Now, is there any transport or sale of of bird flocks or whatever back and forth to Asia? I mean, did this Tennessee farm buy birds from somewhere else, like Asia, in order to bring them to America? Is there some process to do that? Um, well, no. <laughs> okay. Um, so we sell them yeah, processed well. chicken. Right. But the Chinese don't like our chicken because it's been processed. And uh, so they they want a wild, they want a, a, a fresh meat market. Right. And most of these, and, yeah. And most of us are highly processed, so it doesn't get there. It's processed, in other words, yeah. Okay, so in other words, we really don't understand how this happened, but uh, we do, we also have another bunch of unknowns. We don't know can it transfer to humans this particular version, the PAL version, uh, or not. And uh, the, the danger is at some point. Uh, what about this article that you have here about the two travelers from China? Because yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah, I yeah. want you to explain that because what we have to start looking at is, is if, if this happened in British Columbia. Uh, what were the genetics of this compared to the one in China right now, the V version, the H7N9V, that is killing people in China? Is it similar, or is it just, again, a little different? Okay, well, I want before we do that, we'll do it uh, right. just quick. Uh, I just want to say that they don't know the source of the infection. Okay. Okay, now, let the, BC, me... they, the BC one, they don't know if it came from China. No, 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 I'm not talking BC yet. Okay. I'm still talking about the incident in Tennessee. Oh, the Tennessee Department of Agriculture is on a joint incident response. And, uh, of course, the birds have been killed and burial was in progress. Right. Right. But let me put out my idea of what the source of the infection is. Ah. You know, this occurred in February. In right. the middle of January was the Chinese New Year. And we knew that a lot of people 
would be traveling back to their homes or their ancestral homes. They flew into uh, wherever the international airport is in China, and and then they traveled by train uh, back to their ancestral uh, homes. The ancestral towns uh, usually up in rural China, so in other words, outside the big cities a lot of times. Well, some of them probably did, yeah. They went outside the big cities, but some of them probably celebrated in the big cities. Yeah. And and one of the main courses <clears throat> during this uh, Chinese New Year is to eat uh, chicken that's been cooked. Then let's say that uh, somebody went to uh, China on the Chinese New Year, and then they came home uh, on the 1st of February, let's say, and one of them happened to be in Tennessee. In fact, let's say it's the owner of this chicken farm right. in Tennessee. It could be. Oh, yeah. But if he visited that chicken farm and he had the H7N9 virus from, from you know, he may have been wearing the same shoes, and the shoes may have picked it up from the droppings. See what I'm saying? Yeah, do you know they did research to find out on containers how long the virus would exist and could be infective on containers or inside material yeah, in containers. Yeah. And they found, actually, believe it or not, the virus can last several weeks or more. Or more. Or more. So let's, say, let's say that this fellow visits this farm or he owns right. the farm or he's there and uh, droppings with the H7N9 get spread around and the chickens come down with H7N9. That means very plausible, especially these two cases uh, returning to British Columbia were from China. 43% of Vancouver, which is a huge city of 10 million, okay, are Chinese. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot. Yeah, I don't think that this was, is too far stretched. I was introduced to this remarkable product, Balance of Nature Fruits and Veggies, and to say it's amazing is an understatement. Balance of Nature provides the nutrients of 9 to 11 servings of 31 different whole ripened fruits and veggies per day, and the cost to the consumer for 9 to 11 servings is about 22 cents per serving, as opposed to over a dollar in the store. Balance of Nature Fruits and Veggies helps boost the immune system by over 720%, and they also provide a health coach for you at no charge to guide you with any questions you may have. And you can also visit their website for testimonials on balanceofnature.com. So take steps to give yourself better overall health and call them now, toll free, at 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com right now. Make sure to let them know you heard it here by using promo code TALK for a special discount. That's balanceofnature.com and use promo code TALK. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. 
With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. PatriotPrepared.com carries the leading brands of storable food from Numana, Legacy, and Heaven's Harvest. Patriot Prepared. Our name says it all. We're dedicated to empowering you to be self-reliant and confident in any circumstance. Whether you want to be prepared in the event of an emergency or you're an outdoor sports enthusiast, PatriotPrepared.com has prepackaged meals and kits for your entire family. Legacy, Heaven's Harvest, and Numana are known for high-quality, great-tasting GMO free nutritious food with no chemical preservatives simple to prepare easy to store gluten-free and organic high quality nutrition options with a 25 year shelf life you can't beat the feeling of being food secure when you need it most so go to patriotprepared.com right now to pick up your supply of high quality storable food for your family because it makes good sense to be prepared that's patriotprepared.com for a few moments will I want Anne to continue her thought that's just why you, I'm uncharacteristically being quiet here so she can explain this because this is complex stuff isn't it Anne? It is and yet it is so important for us to understand how these viruses can change so let's say it wasn't transferred directly let's say that uh, he wore the same shoes or somehow he carried the virus back on his body and he carries it into this poultry operation, right? and then let's say that um, a chicken or ten uh, ate it and got the H7 and 9 from China, but their bodies converted it because they have different, they, they didn't have the same N, those, remember, there's nine N's, and seven of them were, con- were contributed by the poultry, by the chickens. Well, you mean, the, you mean the, the person might be a mixing vessel that they're recombining the flu they had with this one they got from China is what you're saying? Either the person or the chickens. Oh, okay, one or the other, yeah. Yeah, but obviously it's highly pathogenic to the chickens because uh, their flock started dying, and uh, they called in the USDA. So, uh, now, officials initially had a... Uh, seven-mile radius around the premises to make sure that uh, the area was disease-free. But when they came out with that, it was H7N9. Now it's a 10-mile radius, and uh, they've surveilled, and all the all the tests from the surrounding facilities were negative. 
But do you remember before the Chinese New Year when I said they need to track the people that come back from China? Right. Just like they did with Ebola. You know, you, 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 they did it with Ebola, but they well. didn't do it for the Chinese New Year from a country that has this epidemic H7N9 that kills 40% of the people that are hospitalized. Well, they, they, they knew this before the Chinese New Year this this year, you mean, 2017? Yes, yeah, this year. Yeah. So, so they, they could, could have done have. a Z-stat flu test when they came back in on their flight and then tracked them to just call them and say, do you have a fever, it chills, if not, so we're going to go and send a nurse in to, to check with you. They could have done well, that. Well, that's right? what they did with Ebola. They right. got them, they, they said, where are you going, where's your home? And they told them, and then they said, they said, we'll call ahead to the uh, medical department, you know, right. uh, laboratory, and they'll, they'll be contacting you, which is what they did with Ebola. And then they just watched, you know, they'd call them every day. Are you sick? Is anybody right. around you sick? And I guess they should have asked, are any chickens sick? <laughs> but they didn't. But if they had done that, then as soon as the... Um, laboratory discovered that there were chicken signs, they could have zeroed in on just that smaller, much smaller number of people who were making the trek from the Chinese New Year back to, into the United States. Right. And they could have caught the person. I mean, not to punish him, but to treat him and make sure that he hasn't, he's not in a job that would take him from chicken farm to chicken farm. Yeah. Right. So you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We could have caught this, and right now they're not even looking at people as a source. So in other they're words, it's not even tracking the people, the contacts of this person who might have brought it in on his shoes or his person to his contact to see if the virus is now getting out. Yes. All they're looking at is the farms. In so they're radio. only looking at chickens. They're not looking at people is what you're saying. Yes. And uh, maybe this person had it in his system. Maybe he had the H7 and 9 and they spit on the ground. You know, people do that. Well, the Chinese do it a lot. And John well, Moore said, he I, said, I, they, there's, that's not the only thing they do. <laughs> well, one of the things that I noticed, and this is back in the, uh, in the flu epidemic H5N1 and then later H1N1 in 2009, is yeah. there was a, uh, a, a zoo in uh, Asia, yeah, actually, no, the, 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 the chicken droppings from the, the, the birds in the, in the zoo were spreading the virus because the droppings were just blowing around the zoo and infecting people. Oh, no, it was in Europe, and they were feeding the cats, the big cats, tigers, and lions. They uh -huh. were feeding them birds. That was another one, too. I, I agree yeah. with that one, yeah. So tell us about yeah. that story, because... They were feeding the birds, but obviously the birds were infected, right? Right. And so their big cats started dying. My. Yeah. All right. Um, well, uh, like I said, uh, uh, human flu infections are due to contact with infected poultry surfaces or surfaces that are contaminated with uh, saliva, nasal secretions, and feces. So, uh, like I said, there's, there's lots of pathways to get this H7N9 into our poultry population and then to be a mixing vessel. Right. Even the person who did this could have been a mixing vessel because if he has the 
EA879, and then he's poultry from the United States, then uh, if both they, he can change it himself into right. the into the AM H seven and nine, and then that can get that. Yeah. So this is uh, very very um, well. <laughs> I'm closer to Tennessee than you are, and they've assured us that it's not in the food chain. But uh, it's pretty scary to me. I tell you that I'm staying away from chicken for a while. And I think people should start recognizing that if you're not a gambling person, this is still a really good bet that the H7 and 9 is going to get out of China this year. And when it does, oh, yeah. it's going to get really deadly. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. Would odors, mold, and mildew describe your basement or crawl space? It doesn't have to be that way. Transform them into a fresh, healthy, usable one with the technologically advanced Wave Moisture Control Units. The computerized operation maximizes moisture control and also expels harmful radon, combustion gases, and numerous other pollutants. Dehumidifiers are old technology that do nothing for air quality and waste energy. Wave units are intelligent, self-monitoring, do not need maintenance, and will save you hundreds in electricity. Wave units are still running effectively effectively over 15 years. They've been tested and installed in public and military housing and by property managers nationwide. Buy a unit now and if your home is not fresher and drier, you can return it for a full refund for up to 12 months. What have you got to lose? Call now. 1-888-618-WAVE. 1-888-618-WAVE or visit mydryhome.com. That's mydryhome.com. So please continue. Um, do we have want to cover some more on this H seven and nine when we do our video tomorrow, or do you want to cover more today? Well, I think that I want to tell them about the Canadians. Ah, and, that's uh, important because these. By the way, the forty three percent of the population of the Lower Mainland 
uh, British Columbia are Chinese. It is a huge population of Chinese now. So, so the second language in British Columbia is not French, it's, it's Cantonese. Yes, and since they changed the language in China to Mandarin, this is going to be the Cantonese language capital of the world. Isn't, anyway. that, isn't that interesting? You know, and you know the reason why it's Cantonese rather than Mandarin? Uh, those people too. must want to travel more. Oh, those were the cooks. Uh, well, not only that, apparently they are the richer part of the uh, Communist Party. And oh. so they had the money. I remember back in the 70s when I was a resident at the Vancouver General Hospital in 1977 that uh, you had to plunk down a quarter million dollars in order to become a citizen. The things were pretty lax. If you could plunk down the money and you had a business plan to come to British Columbia, you had a quarter million dollars and you could prove it, you're, you're on your way. You're going to be a Canadian. And so... Yeah. The massive migration. So if you want some of the best restaurants in the world for Chinese food, go to British Columbia. You do not have to go to China. Go to B.C., to yeah. Vancouver. Okay. I want to talk about this couple who uh, went to China <coughs> and, and returned to the United States in February 2015. And it was a married couple, 56 years of age. And they were, uh, she was, the woman was in good health. And during the trip... She experienced mild cough, sore throat, and hoarseness, but she didn't think anything about it because she was traveling. You know, you get tired sometimes. But then later, in the middle of January, after they'd been home for a couple of weeks, she had another uh, bout, and she had fever, cough, myalgia, and fatigue, which sounds like the flu. Right. And she, she went to the doctor, uh, health care worker, uh, and uh, the healthcare worker collected a nasal sw swab specimen, which right. was sent to the BC uh, reference laboratory. Now, right. we don't have like a state reference library. All our samples have to go into Atlanta, Georgia. But they do. So, and that probably helped. And uh, it was a month later before it was confirmed as H7N9. Now, this was before the Chinese H7N9 had split. Now, we've got a different, um, we've got a different H7N9. Well, it mutated. So this was the original H7N9. And uh, so then uh, they treated, they brought her in and they treated her. Now, her husband had a history of asthma. Right. And he had, he had the same uh, symptoms, and he went to the same health care center, and, uh, but they did not collect the specimen. They just prescribed dioxycycline. Dioxycycline, I, I, I think they gave Moseltamivir, which is the antiviral, and all it does is shorten your course of flu by one day. Yes, and so 15 days later, they tested him, and he still had the H7N9 virus in the system. Wow. Yeah. So that's unusual. The damn thing would persist like that, isn't it? Well, yes, and that means that he could have had time to transfer it to somebody else. Wow. So um, uh, they uh, they looked at 20 other close contacts, and they were under 10-day surveillance. Uh, and they, one received a antiviral. But all their contacts remained asymptomatic. Now, this is what they didn't do. Passengers on the flight taken by the patients while they were asymptomatic, 
medic were not included in active surveillance because greater than 10 days had elapsed. And yet this man had the virus uh, 15 days. So because they followed rules rather than logic and the evidence that was proven by this testing, they never tracked the people on the flight that, remember these air systems on these jets since the 1980s have taken out HEPA filters? So yeah. somebody coughs in the back of the plane, in about two minutes that cough is going to be blown into your face. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Uh, so they called it, this particular version of the H7N9, A slash British Columbia slash 1 slash 2015 H7N9. I mean, you know, that's, that's how they distinguish this in the media and for the public. And uh, uh, they, they ha- apparently they haven't had any chickens by, or if they did... They didn't test them. Did, was it similar to the, the, the current one that's killing people in China? Because here's one of the interesting things. We talked about this on the break. Usually when you get a really highly lethal form of flu, let's say 60 or 70% lethality, as its lethality drops, its case transfer, in other words, its infectivity increases dramatically. So it would be my guess this 40% case fatality rate is it's not easily spread, but as it drops, let's say, to 20%, it may become really easy to spread, just like the 1918 flu. So, what would no, you do? No, this was the this this was the original one. So it was 30 percent fatal for those who were hospitalized with it. Because this is back in 2015. Right, but Before, how about the genetics compared to the tw- the one in, in China? Because it's my guess, minor little genetic changes will reduce case fatality, but increase infectivity dramatically. And no, uh, they think that they caught it in China. And they had the previous version, which was considered to be 30% fatal. Oh, really? Now, the new version is 40% fatal. Well, that's really kind of strange, isn't it? You'd think it would be dropping because for viral evolution, it actually has to drop its lethality and increase its infectivity for it to survive as a virus. Well, uh, okay, let's keep an eye on this. Uh, you're, you're the scientist. <laughs> you know, You're the doctor. And, uh, you know, insight like that is what people won't get anyplace else. What's disturbing to me is that the public health are not doing the things that you pointed out very carefully and very systematically without my stupid interruptions. And I want people to understand just how dangerous something like this is and how dangerous it is to literally civilization. Because if this flu gets out, when a wave comes through a community like, say, America or Europe, it's going to shut everything down for two to six weeks. I mean, oh, yeah. no trains, yeah. no commerce, no grocery stores, no fuel delivery, no support of power lines. Basically, everything is closed, and everybody's terrified to go outside. And in fact, with people running around in biosuits, anybody coming outside, in a sense, is a bioinfective combatant. <laughs> well, and they'll bring food to your door, but you have to be careful to, even though they're dressed in their medical garb, that is, that white... Uh, head to toe Tyvek suit and the and the mask, the medical mask and the face shield. That doesn't mean that they haven't picked up the the virus. And so you have to figure out how you're going to disinfect that package that they leave um, before you bring it into the house. I, I got a simple solution: get one mm-hmm. of our little ozonator machines and turn it on for 30 minutes. Put it inside a big uh, plastic bag. 
and the ozone will kill all the viruses off before you go and start touching it. Just that's leave right. it in the bag for an hour or so with the ozone, and that's it. Bye-bye, virus. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you know where just to get one? Just put a little hose in there, tie it off with some tape, and just leave the sucker for half an hour or so. Just like your real smart idea for uh, freeze-drying food. Oh, you know, yeah. You yeah. Putting it in liquid nitrogen. By the way, I may use that for uh, sterilization of our super-ground nanoparticle-sized liposomal mountain red velvet, where instead of radiating it or heating it, which will anneal and change the proteins, freezing yeah. it, maybe actually get rid of all the pathogens, so then we can grind it down to a powder fine enough to actually create liposomes, so it can make an intravenous version or a version to spray on people after a bad burn. Um, yeah, yeah, great. So that's your brilliant idea actually helped me in that area, too, so... What people need to start realizing, we've got to be innovative here and creative because we can't expect that the public health authorities are even going to properly screen to make sure the infection doesn't get into your community and shut everything down. Don't assume that these people that are rule followers and ideologues are going to think out of the box to actually protect you from real serious stuff. For example, they should have known, for example, coming through that airport, they should have had screeners with a Z-STAT flu test right at the airport, shouldn't they? And they should have actually been swabbing everybody as they come off the plane. Let me swab you, swab you, swab you. Here's a card. Contact me if you get fever and chills. I need your name, da-da-da-da, and put them just on the list. How easy yep. would that have been done? It would have taken two minutes to do that as they came yep. off the plane, and it would probably yep. be solved. And then they should have gone through the plane and make sure they swabbed things and put them in a chain of custody container to see if the lavatories, there's any evidence of virus in the lavatory. That would be number one. Because mm-hmm. if there's virus in the lavatory, Anybody in that part of the aircraft to use that lavatory could have been infected. A lot of times the people, uh, the percentage of people who use the lavatory are sick. Right. You know, they're nauseous or they got a headache or, you know. Yeah. Okay. Since 2013, and that means even today, some human cases of H7N9, and that would be the Eurasian, the EA, the right. 789 virus uh, infection that was acquired in China have been identified outside of China. So it's already happening right. in Taiwan, Malaysia, and Canada. And that's what we've been talking about. Right. Now, having this form uh, uh, get infected in Tennessee, it could have been a Canadian that did that. But uh, I want to talk about the... the, uh, the the uh, President Trump's policies and what he's called for. Right. I'm not going to say that I agree with these, but this is an op-ed. Well, one thing, he hasn't named a CDC director, and he could cut up to 12% of his budget. He's got to do that because right now the CDC can do that. No, he doesn't have to go through congressional approval or Senate approval, so why doesn't he do it? Uh, Good question. Don't know. I don't think think it's on his radar scope because... He thinks that his primary thing to get through this uh, health care, and he's got all this bickering in the background. I did a, an analysis here with Gary Richard Arnold, and I'm upset with both the the Uber left and the Uber right. Like Ryan Paul, you know, like Paul Ryan uh, is trying to get this thing through, which makes sense. But we got uh, Dr. Rand Paul, who's an idiot, and the Uber left that, that want to have everything in the kitchen sink in this planet, which has already killed it. And when they call it Obamacare light, it's like, excuse me, this is not Obamacare light. They're even going to phase out the transfer for these large Medicaid programs that expanded. And they've actually shortened that after the bowling and pizza last night at the White House. So 
I don't know why they, they, they don't want to deal with the fact that Trump is pragmatic. He's not left or right. He's going to just try to solve the damn problem. And, yeah. uh, and there isn't good advice getting through to Trump, obviously, with this pandemic, because his biggest danger this year, besides the collapse of the euro when, when Frexit happens and Le Pen gets elected, his biggest danger is this, this flu pandemic. It's not Obamacare. Uh, I mean, Obamacare is bad enough, but if this pandemic hits the United States and the Western world, it's going to shut everything down tighter than a drum. It'll be catastrophic, and people are not prepared for it, are they? No, they aren't. Okay, his, um, his motto, America First, uh, well, you can't just stop the immigration of, of this virus because viruses don't know anything about borders. <laughs> they don't have a visa or a passport, do they? Right. And, uh, of course, uh, Trump wants to close borders. The country's dealing with outbreaks, and uh, that's uh, we gotta we can't do that because uh, well we can, but and I think it could that could probably be helped by the new telecommunications, for instance Skype. You know they can still have have meetings, they just do it electronically instead of traveling to the country and bringing right. back something else. Right. And uh, so I I. Do not agree with that in particular. And uh, what's he doing? He trying, says, he's trying, trying to try to close the border for countries that have a pandemic or an epidemic going on. Because right now, WHO has declared that China has an epidemic. So, are you saying oh, yeah. he, he may actually close the border to anybody coming in from China, including returning Americans? Is that what you're saying? Well, he should. I, I don't. Yeah, he he is already starting to do that to close the border for. Uh, anybody who might hurt us uh, with a terrorist activity. But, uh, yeah, if somebody's bringing in viruses, he might close the border to anybody that comes out of China or uh, the other countries that have this. Right. But they can still, the scientists can still collaborate over our electronic media, over our social media, with Skype, with uh, Internet, with uh yeah, yeah go, it, go to it, meeting, all these kind of things. Yeah, go to meeting. Yeah, so it's it's a whole new world that he's not even thinking about, or whoever wrote this article wasn't thinking about. Well, part of yeah. the thing to me is a lot of what I call uh, theater and bluster. If you're going to do 90 days to try to increase vetting, I want to know where's the beef. What's the vetting? Is it better questions? Is it genetic testing to see people have genes to make them more violent, like our monoamine oxidase one? mitochondrial genes that we talked about with my son Matthew and several genes that you can actually screen for? Is it looking at metadata of their electronic transfers and their Facebook and Twitter accounts to see if they donate money or do things with Al-Qaeda? To be honest with you, this idea that you're going to get better vetting out of these countries after 90 days is silly. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. And the idea that you're going to, quote, you know, selectively block people from these countries, which, by the way, can include Christians and other people of other faith, uh, it doesn't make sense. What you want to have is a better vetting system that includes genetic vetting as well as better questions and looking at metadata of their phone, fax, email, and credit cards. I guarantee you that the people coming here have got a credit card. If we had looked at their credit card history for the past two years, for example, that's better vetting than you're ever going to get from these countries, including Saudi Arabia, Yemen, and whatever. The second thing is what's called viral vetting. Are we going to test for all these people to make sure they're not carrier one or more pathogens, including Zika virus, Ebola, or these H7N9? We're not doing any kind of screening at any border. And by the way, 40% of the people that are coming into America from Mexico and Central and South America 
fly in. They don't cross the border or go over the desert. So all the stuff about the wall, in many places all you need is actually have more border agents and a cyber fence, which is electronic fence. You can just grab people, put them in a truck, and send them back. Or if they're criminals and you check the database, they go to prison. So a lot of the stuff I see Trump doing in this Trump-like people, to me, doesn't make sense. They're not doing stuff that really needs to be done, like this Uber vetting of viruses coming in from China, because if you have someone from China coming back from doing business, because we do a lot of business with China now, we in China yeah. are like business twins. They're totally dependent on us, and in many ways, we're dependent on them. Do you know that 70% of the material that goes into, say, a vehicle is made outside the United States, whether it's seats for cars made in Mexico or parts in China or Japan? They go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, this idea that you're going to close off trade is ridiculous. We don't make everything in America to put together in a vehicle here that's made for, let's say, Mercedes-Benz. It's silly, right? Right. Yeah, we have to look at the big picture. Yeah, we don't. We hear all the headlines and they want to look good, but, you know, it's BS. We are the American Freedom Party. This is the most urgent time in the history of Western civilization. In the year 1900, white people of European descent comprised 35% of the world population. Today it is less than 9% and falling fast. Europe is being overrun with Middle Eastern immigrants. And America's founding stock is rapidly being replaced with third world peoples from around the globe. For the last 50 years, every influential institution in this nation, our schools and universities, our media, our churches and our employers, have promoted policies and principles that teach whites to be ashamed of their great heritage and birthright. We, who in the 1950s, the 1960s, and 1970s were the world's dominant force, are now so afraid of being called racist that we were quailing towards irrelevance and extinction. Join the American Freedom Party today. Reach us at theamericanfreedomparty.us or call us at 701-317-5317. Paid for by the American Freedom Party. Hey there, quick question for you. Would you be okay with more energy, more endurance, thicker, healthier hair, a better mood, reduced appearance of wrinkles, improved sleep, improved blood pressure and cholesterol profiles, improved vision, improved memory? Okay then. Well now, have you heard of Nature's Youth RSF? It's from the anti-aging experts at naturesyouth.com. Naturesyouth.com. See, at Nature's Youth, they understand exactly what it means to provide top quality health products. And Nature's Youth customers not only improve their health, they know they're also providing their body with the right nourishment to maintain that peak performance and fight the aging process. If health, wellness, and nutrition are what you desire, choose Nature's Youth RSF. I did. You see, you're going to get older. It's just up to you how you feel when you get there. Get started today. Nature's Youth RSF. Simple to use, simple to order. Go to naturesyouth.com. That's naturesyouth.com. Naturesyouth.com. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. 
Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralizing the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Another segment here. What topic do you want to cover in this one? And then, of course, tomorrow we'll do a longer session. The last one, actually, I think we did last weekend was an hour and 17 minutes. And we covered everything. Lots of beautiful pictures, even motion video of different <laughs> things you're showing, like, you know, the uh, jet stream and uh, La Nina. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. That was really cool. Uh, what topic do you want to cover in this next segment? Well, almost a million people in California are exposed to contaminated water now that the drought uh, now that the rains have come and are starting to fill, uh, lift up the uh, water level, groundwater level, right? And uh, they uh, they have to check the water level. And the people, the majority of those that were in the drought impacted areas have uh, have uh, uh, impacted public water systems that are serving disadvantaged communities. And so, uh, what they're finding is that in the water is arsenic and geranium, nitrate from fertilizer, and uh, dairy farm waste from runoff. And, and, and also having... fracking, because there's a lot of fracking going on in California. Most people aren't aware that the first oil wells in America were not in Alaska or Missouri or some other place, or Texas. They were in California. If you oh, yeah. actually go along the Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles, you'll see the La Brea tar pitch, and you realize, like, what the heck is this? And they'll give you jokes about the dinosaurs ending up in the tar pits, right? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. the first oil wells in America were in California, and there's a lot of fracking going on here. And they're selling frack water back to the vegetable growers in the Central Valley because it's cheaper water, but it's got toxic crap in it. Yep. Uh, so we have health effects from rashes to stillborns, stillborn babies. So um, they have put a database of what they found online, and you can go there and find out how many people were affected, what part of the, what part of the California. And they're, they're talking about Stanislaus County. I lived in Stanislaus County, uh, Madera County, and Tulare County. 
are the uh, worst hit. And they, what they do is they they have to uh, bathe in portable showers, which are set up in a church parking lot. Wow. So that's how bad it, it's not first world. It's not third world, but it's not first world either. Yeah, in other words, what you're dealing with fourth world, which is a toxic world like right out of a sci-fi thriller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is really crazy crap. In other words, you're dealing with water so toxic they can't drink it. They can't even properly bathe in it. Right. Damn it. Yeah. Whoa, that's quite a story to finish up with. We'll deal with more of these tomorrow. Lots of topics. And just to give you an idea of the kind of topics, sign up at the live stream. We're going to talk about uh, poisoning, uh, not only about this water stuff, climate change, radiation, terrorism, cyber-terrorism, 800,761 documents with the Vault 7, and we'll do a big expansion on that. North Korea fires Malaysians from leaving as diplomatic meltdown, climate change, solar activity, seismic activity. Wow, lots of topics. Thank you, Ann Morrison, and Twiland.info. Do donate to Ann and get her support with all the hard work she does every week to give you top science. Back in a moment with a firing line. You don't want to miss it. We'll be here for you to answer your health questions. 888-212-8871 if you want to call in with your health question before the show. There's no questions live on air. We are the American Freedom Party. This is the most urgent time in the history of Western civilization. In the year 1900, white people of European descent comprised 35% of the world population. Today it is less than 9% and falling fast. Europe is being overrun with Middle Eastern immigrants, and America's founding stock is rapidly being replaced with third world peoples from around the globe. For the last 50 years, every influential institution in this nation, our schools and universities, our media, our churches and our employers, have promoted policies and principles that teach whites to be ashamed of their great heritage and birthright. We, who in the 1950s, the 1960s, and 1970s were the world's dominant force, are now so afraid of being called racist that we were quailing towards irrelevance and extinction. Join the American Freedom Party today. Reach us at theamericanfreedomparty.us or call us at 701-317-5317. Paid for by the American Freedom Party. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 